and welcome to the Kids Ministry Circle podcast. Kids Ministry Circle is a community for kids ministry leaders to be encouraged and equipped to love and serve the local church. Listen to the end of this podcast to learn more about how you can be a part of Kids Ministry Circle, how you can find all of our resources, and how you can sign up to be a part of one of our cohorts. Hello, and welcome to the Kids Ministry Circle podcast. My name is Lauren Jackson, and I am joined by my fun co-host, Becca Harris. That's right. Fun, fabulous. I mean, you were doing some alliteration there for a couple episodes. I was. On today's episode, we are talking all about the fun things of kids' ministry, all the events. Now, this is, I think, one of my favorite pieces of kids' ministry And obviously we talked about it being the fun piece, Um, but we are going to share some of our favorite events. We're going to ask some questions on how do you decide what event to do. And so let's kick it off by us sharing what are our favorite annual kids ministry events. Oh, I mean, hands down, my top favorite kids ministry event is camp. Um, We we don't do overnight camp. Uh, We work with Pine Cove city to do day camp but it camp is just i don't know it's just it's the epitome of fun first of all uh but you know so much happens in those you know five days or so um i mean that's true even in student ministry but it's it's probably my my top fave and then at the austin stone we do two other big family events, um, and they're family. They're not just kid. They're family. We do a mother-son amazing race, uh, which I love because I'm competitive and a, a boy mom. Um, and then we do a daddy-daughter dance. Um, that's really sweet. Um, and so, and the the goals of those events are really creating more of that family time together. Um, kind of creating those big milestone moments um, where you know it's it's kind of an annual rhythm that moms and sons expect and that, that, that dads and daughters expect. And so, um, we've had some really sweet memories there. And so, uh, those are, those are like the, the top three we do and, and my faves. So those are some good events. I also love the mother's son, amazing race and daddy daughter dance. So fun. I think my favorite kids ministry event would have to be the good old BBS. Yes. Vacation. Bible school. If you now, didn't know that. I was a VBS kid growing up. Same. It was a part of my family. My dad would take a week off of work to participate in VBS. He led groups. I think one year he was a part of the skit. That was great. <laughs> uh, and so we grew up doing VBS. I think my mom, one year she was a part of the hospitality team. And I'm pretty sure she made... 25 bunt cakes for the volunteers to like eat throughout the week. And that's what she was known for. That's what she did. But yes, we were a VBS family. I loved it. And even to this day, as an adult, I love VBS. I love the excitement that it brings. I love the missions aspect of VBS. Mm -hmm. I love inviting new families to be a part of something I love the wow factor when kids walk into the building that they go to every single week and it looks so different 
is so fun. I love the conversations that are had, the questions that kids are asking about Jesus. There's just nothing. Nothing in my mind beats VBS. It's so good. That's my favorite. All right. Question number two. How do you decide what event to do and what event not to do? Yeah, because we just listed off four, between the two of us, four very big events. Yes. So that require not only a lot of money, but a lot of time, resource, planning. And so I think it's important to remember as we start talking about events that every church does not need to do every event. And a successful kids ministry is not marked by high event attendance. So just want to throw that out there because I think it can be just like any other ministry. It can feel like the most successful ones are the ones that have the biggest and best events. And that's not true. I think when you look at what events should I do, you shouldn't, don't look to, because you're going to be tempted to, what is everyone else doing? We should try that, but learn from what everyone else is doing. And then think, what is my church need and what do we have the resources for um one of the things so you, you notice i didn't mention vbs not because i don't like it i was actually saved i i was saved as a kid of vbs um but just as far as the austin stone especially starting as a mobile church we never had a place to do a vbs and so that was a rhythm that never kind of got built into our church culture because we didn't have buildings and facilities to host it at. And so um, so when you think and make decisions, that may be true for you. Or you may, you know, you may be like, I love the idea of a daddy-daughter dance, but where would we host that? At our church, the chairs are bolted down, there's no room to dance in, then that's okay. It doesn't mean you need to have one of those. And so I think when you decide what event to do and what event not to do, I think your first questions are what was most helpful for our mission as a church and as kids ministry. And then what do I actually have the resources um, to do? Yeah. Did you add, what would you add to that, Lauren? I think uh, that's really important to remember to look at your church context and maybe you don't do a mother, son, amazing race because all your kids in your ministry are little. Yep. Maybe a mother son amazing race is an idea that you love and maybe you just stick it in your pocket for four or five years down the road when you have a robust elementary aged ministry. And so I think you need to look at your context, your location, uh, and then what kids you have. Maybe a simple event would be a play date mm-hmm. where it's you invite kids to come to your church or go to a park in the summer and just play and the event doesn't need to be this huge budget huge decor and um this big thing that is put on like a concert it doesn't need to be that it can be smaller scale um Something that we love to do when we were in a church planting context was host a barbecue. Mm-hmm. That was the easiest thing. Everyone brought a side dish, like a good old church potluck, and we were in charge of burgers and hot dogs, and everyone would bring a side dish. They would all bring a blanket to sit on, and we would just meet at a park because we didn't have a big building to have a big barbecue at, and so we would pick a park in the in our little city and we would all hang out there and it was so fun and it was such a good uh, place to build memories and build connection. And I would say that in addition to 
a kids ministry event not needing to be this big, big budget event. It also doesn't need to be just kids ministry. Mm -hmm. You can do a big event that's combined with kids and students or all families or really all church. And so it doesn't need to be so specific to kids ministry. And I think there are ways to do a VBS type camp like event on a smaller budget. Yep. Um, but I do, I love that piece of looking at your context and um, not trying to be like everyone else. Yep. I think that's key is not just doing an event because you want to, yep. but doing an event because it's going to impact your church. Um, another event that I've loved in the past is doing a pancakes and pajamas. So that one's always fun. We do that right around Christmas time. Or we have done it right around Christmas time, and it always coincided with our missions project for the Advent season for our families. And that was always a blast because pancakes are really easy to make. Um, and who doesn't love going somewhere in your pajamas? Mm -hmm. and, and so that was always a huge draw for our families because it was on a Saturday morning and it was breakfast was included and... Um, and so I loved, I loved that piece. I also think it's important when you're trying to find an event to narrow down what the purpose is. Yep. And so find the purpose behind that event. Are you drawing new families in? Maybe it's a trunk or treat. And that really is very community focused. Mm -hmm. It's not, um, super gospel presentation heavy, but it's you're building relationships with the people in your community in hopes that they maybe do come to your church on a Sunday morning or they think of you come Easter and Christmas that they're looking for a church to attend. And so I think it is finding that why piece. Yeah. Why are we hosting an event? Is it, like I said, community focused? Do you really want to reach the gospel? Is it uh does it have an evangelism focus? And maybe something like a VBS is the way to go. Or maybe like what Becca said about the events that happen at the Austin Stone, maybe it's just a an event that serves your families. Yep. And obviously those families invite some of their friends, but do you want an event that serves your community and serves your family? So I thinking so I think it's important to think about that vision piece, why you want to host an event and what you hope to get out of it. Yeah. And I think most people when they're hosting an event are, you're looking to either celebrate something to, you know, or, or it's like the culmination of something. So like you were given your pancakes and pajamas thing, maybe it's a connection point. Like, and, and, and when you think through your purpose, then I think that thinks through how you plan your event. Right. So for example, a really low bar event could be like a family movie night that you're hosting, indoor or outdoor. Most churches have some kind of projector resource to show a movie. Um, but if your goal truly is connection, well, a movie's not a great way to like connect. Yep. So it doesn't mean don't do it. It means think through how you do the movie part um, for connection. Um, if it's you know you're you're thinking through an event of how do we involve kids and something that's already going on um think what is what is the purpose we're trying to accomplish here and how does that already do that um you know instead of just because i think we think like oh we're gonna have this big amazing event uh, we did this years ago at the austin Stone. we had this really cool event called christmas fx um and it ended up getting kind of so big and and different things that we were like 
one year after we did it, we were like, is this accomplishing its purpose, intended purpose anymore? Um, it's an awesome event. It's fun. It's costing us a lot uh, of resource and things. So is is it actually accomplishing its purpose? And so we like surveyed some parents um, about it. We surveyed our team and we kind of came back and the thing that everybody loved about it, none of that was the purpose we thought it was accomplishing. Uh. <laughs> and so we were like, I don't, I think we're done with this event for now. Um, and so we, we ended up canceling it, even though no one was complaining about it. It had super high attendance, but it just wasn't accomplishing our purpose anymore. Um, and so I think that's something to consider too. You don't have to always repeat your events. You can have one-off events, um, and it can be low bar and simple, or it can be hype and crazy. It just depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Um, Yeah. So I think that's the important thing to think through if you're having an event just to have an event because you should have an event on a calendar that's a really bad place to start start with what are we trying to accomplish um and 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 what are, what do we hope what would this event help catalyze or move forward in our ministry i think that's a good reminder because you don't have to do a certain thing because that's always been done yep and i think we often as ministry leaders get stuck in that mentality of, well, this is how it's always been. And this is what we've always done. So we need to keep going. And the reality is as hard as that is to accept is that you don't have to do that. Yep. You can do other things. Now you may need to get some approval from certain supervisors or a boss, but I think it's okay to have the freedom to say, hey, this event served us for many, many, many years, but now it's not serving the purpose. And so just because you do a certain thing once or twice or for 20 years doesn't mean you have to continue to do that. You can always shift things around and try something new. And I mean, this is always, I feel like so many people did this during COVID. They did those one-off events that were all virtual and maybe you pulled your VBS virtually or whatever. and probably the majority of us are not going to do another virtual VBS because you can be in person. And that's what is, in my opinion, more exciting and more fun. And But there's also probably events that are sticking around post-COVID. Mm-hmm. So it is that continual piece of assessing and reassessing. And that's why I think that post-event conversation is so important of after any event you have, you want to have the conversation of, hey, what went well? What didn't work? Is this working? Do we want to do this next year? And just continue to re- reevaluate um, your events. Yeah. I think, you know, one event we haven't really talked about yet, maybe people aren't thinking about it event-wise, but is what about midweek stuff? Like, Oh, that's a good question. Because that, that – you know, depending on what you're doing, that could feel like a separate event um, from Sunday. So how do you know if you should do a midweek or uh, what you should do for midweek? Yeah, I think midweek programs are something that I think can very largely benefit your community. I think um, I know many years ago, many, many years ago, families went to church two, three, four times a week. Like it was a constant thing. They were always there. And now we get families who maybe go to church once or twice a month. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so a midweek is a great option if, again, if it fits for your community. And I think there are ways to begin a midweek. Maybe it's something that the whole family goes to and there's a meal and 
it's very discipleship focused and it's something different than what kids are experiencing on Sunday mornings. And I know that Awana continues to be mm-hmm. an incredible mm-hmm. ministry and that's a midweek program. And um, families love being a part of Awana. And so I think there are some really incredible midweek options out there. I know some even curriculums have a midweek option to where you get to dive into more activities and more conversation around what kids are learning on Sundays. And I do know a lot of student ministries are midweek. Mm-hmm. And so how can you capitalize on that and engage the entire family right in the middle of the week so that they have another touch point with um, just diving deeper into God's word? Yep. Yep. And I think, you know, just like we said with the other events, like, What's the purpose? What are you hoping to accomplish? Don't do it just to do it. Because we all know in kids ministry, we're so busy. Um, We don't have time to just do an event to do an event. And so even with midweek, what's its purpose? And does it need to be every week? Or is there a set rhythm of it meets eight weeks in a row and then four weeks off or things like that? Like think through what's most strategic um, in accomplishing the purpose that needs to be accomplished. And if there is, if it's, you know, if our purpose is um, to, you know, take our elementary school kids deeper into some theological concepts, um, then that's great. Then that's what that time needs to be spent for and make sure that the whole time is spent accomplishing that purpose. Um, And so, and then build your framework around that. If it's, we need a place for kids to go on Wednesday nights while their parents are doing this other equipping then, you know, I think get some direction on then what's the purpose of the time and then how can I best utilize this? What are things that maybe kids that are coming to this don't get on Sunday or that kind of stuff? So, um, yeah, I know we get busy, so it's easy sometimes to just run something plug and play, uh, but that can get exhausting. And so just I encourage you to think through what's the the strategy and the purpose and um, and then what resources, like we've like we said already, do you have to do that? Um, and some churches have no midweek anything and some churches have lots of midweek options. Neither one is better or worse. They have just chosen what fits their, their context, their resources. Um, and so don't, again, like I said earlier, don't try to do something just because the church down the street is doing something. Um, so think through how it accomplishes the, the, the strategy and the purpose of your church and what they need. Yep. So let's. For the last couple minutes, let's think practically. If you are a ministry leader and you're like, man, we don't have a VBS program or we don't have a daddy-daughter dance and I really want to start it. Mm-hmm. Becca, how would you start something new? <laughs> well, if, I mean, this happens to me on the regular right now. I have staff who come to me with a very new exciting idea they want to start. Um, and so the first thing I have them do is write like a one-pager on uh, what's its purpose, who's our target audience, how long would it go, what do we think the budget would be needed for it. Um, and that requires some research. Like if we're looking at we want to start a VBS, that that that's going to require some research. That's not just you sitting at your computer and plugging in stuff. It's how much does VBS curriculum cost? How much are we feeding them snack? How much would that cost? Those kinds of things. And so I say write that one one to two pager out for me. And then as a supervisor, I can say – Yes, this is a great idea. We have these resources. Now let's put a timeline, a realistic timeline to it. Mm-hmm. Or I might say, hey, that's not going to work this year, but we're building the budget for next year. So let's 
work on adding that there, or maybe we work on some things together um, and, you know, or whatever, but then it gives you an actual tangible plan instead of yeah. just like, oh gosh, we're, I said we were going to have VBS in July and here it is April and I haven't thought of anything. Um, you know, it, it, it helps you kind of have, cause I mean, I operate that way sometimes it's just what happens. Um, but it, it kind of gives you that. And then that outline and then that decision all along the way is, is what I'm deciding to do is the curriculum I chose. Is it accomplishing my main purpose that I wrote on that one pager? No. Okay. We're not doing that curriculum, even though it looks like it's the most epic one. We want to accomplish this purpose. Yep. Um, and so I think just kind of sitting down, whether it's just you or you and a couple teammates or volunteers really bought in volunteers and kind of what flesh out that one pager and then kind of taking it up the chain to your supervisor, your pastor. And, uh, because if you're going to start an event, that means it's going to require resources, um, and stuff that you may or may not already have. And so I like to involve other people, um, in those conversations before we have them. So, yeah, for sure. I think one way that if you don't have a big staff team is to create a, team of volunteers and have them have some ownership in that event. Uh, I love doing this for VBS is you get a team of leaders that are volunteers that meet monthly or every other week leading up to VBS that can just own different parts of that event. And, and so if you are sitting here being like, I don't have a staff of 12, I don't have a ton of people who can help me run this event. Uh, this is a perfect opportunity for you to raise up leaders and lean on your volunteers to help you put on this event yep. that can help you think through that one pager. Um, and it's, a, I think it's important to think timeline. I think that timeline piece is really important of thinking maybe not this summer, but what if you started planning for next yep. summer? Yep. Just think of how far in advance, you'd be planned out. That would be so beautiful to have that much time to really think through an event, especially if it's brand new, because you want to think about how you're going to communicate it to your parents. Um, I know parents in my context are planning summer in January, yep. and they are putting their kids in camps, and they are getting things signed up and vacations booked and all of these things starting in January. And so you as a church leader need to think of quite a bit of he- ahead to make sure your parents know about the dates, make sure that your budget works and you have you can recruit some volunteers to help you think through all those details. And so I think that's a great first step of getting that one pager, finding some volunteers, mm-hmm. looking at a calendar, making sure that it's not the same week as students camp or making sure that you're choosing a week for VBS that half the staff is on vacation. And so just aligning calendars like that. Um, and then I got a hot take on that volunteer section. You know, we all have parents who, I don't know if it's complain, but strongly suggest that we start or do something all the time. Why don't we have a, why don't you do, you know, dot, dot, dot. Sometimes those are the greatest people to then turn around and say, Hey, I would love that. Will you start it for me? Will you help me write this one pager? Sometimes that works. And sometimes that actually works because they do actually have the drive and the passion. Um, now, sometimes it doesn't. I've had that bite me a few times. But but usually, they, if they they already have the, the courage to bring it to you, they've already got some dreams and thoughts and ideas. Um, and so they might be the kind of right person or, or right people to kind of have on that, that volunteer squad um, to help you pull that off. So, yeah. yeah. And I think my last thing would be, 
is a practical way to start an event is just to pray. Yep. Like, I think it's so important whenever you're planning something new, whether that's an event in your ministry or an initiative or whatever is new, I think it's important that you can um, just, like we said in episodes before of just refocusing Mm -hmm. and reminding ourselves what the purpose is of our job and our ministry and reminding ourselves that this event could not happen without the Lord and his strength and his wisdom and his guidance and his hands in and through everything that we do. And so I think as you are getting ready to plan something new, or even as you are getting ready to have your week of VBS here in the next few weeks, I would encourage you to spend time in prayer before every meeting, after every meeting, every morning, Pray all the time about I what is going to happen. Says, Pray without ceasing. So I think that's what you're getting at. Yes, is that that's what, what I am getting. <laughs> that's what I am getting at. Um, but if you have that foundation, I think it's just going to serve you and your leadership and your ministry well. Yep. 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 You'd be connected. You know, John 15 says the I am the vine, you are the branches. You know, um, and he he says in there like, apart from me, you can do nothing. So outside of even events, I think. The, that just is so applicable to be reminded that we don't need God to to show up and do things when it's hard. We literally need him to do it every, everything for us. Um, we need to be attached to him. He's the one, he's the vine. We're just the branches. Um, and if, if we truly believe that apart from him, we can do nothing, um, then, then we will go to him and ask for wisdom, whether it's an event we've done for the 10th year in a row or it's an event we're trying for the first time. Um, and so, yeah. That's great. That is our conversation on events. And so I know that many of you listening have your summer events coming up in the next few weeks. And maybe you're listening to this way after the fact and you've got Christmas events coming up. But regardless, I'm sure we can all relate to that upcoming event in our ministry. And so if you head over to our Instagram and Facebook page at Kids Ministry Circle. We would love to know how we could be praying for you as you um, begin to launch these events for your church. Um, We would love to be involved. We would love to be praying for you and to um, cheer you on as you bring kids onto your church campus or as you are going into neighborhoods. Um, So let us know. Let us know. Let us know because, you know, that that idea may be some idea that helps somebody else put on an event. Um, you know, totally. They, they're trying to think of ideas and they might hear or see uh, what your idea is. And that might be the very thing that works at their church. So yep. sharing is caring, guys. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> if you have any questions about Kids Ministry Circle or the Kids Ministry Circle podcast, you can head over to our website, kidsministrycircle.com to learn more about joining a cohort, about our podcast, about our many resources available to you. That's all we've got. We hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. If you would like to submit a question for our podcast, you can head over to kidsministrycircle.com slash podcast and submit a question that we can answer in a later episode. Don't forget, if you would like to stay up to date on all the happenings of Kids Ministry Circle, you can follow us at Kids Ministry Circle on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. 
don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so our latest episodes get dropped in your podcast player automatically. And our last thing, if you would like to get our monthly resource roundup email, you can sign up to be on our email list over at kidsministrycircle.com. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.